That's there we really, go. We're don't know don't know what we're doing and trying so hard and we make so many mistakes so many times on things that we already learned 270 times how to do them but it still doesn't work how are you doing guys oh hashem happy to have you all with us here hopefully one day life will come back to be normal. Once life were normal, before the sin in the Garden of Eden. But since then, we lost it. What's going on? How's everyone doing? Am I supposed to speak with myself? I'm not so used to it. Um, it was really, some people shared about getting the book and that they're happy to, and can we be putting more things on Amazon? And I told them about what we're up to. So this is a blessing on our end. And, and I'm that. Yes. Good. It's beautiful. Good. I'm very, very happy about that. Am I supposed to talk uh, words of Torah now? That's the expect, that's the general expectation. It's the hope. Yes. Okay, that's the hope. Okay, so um, okay, it will take me, it will take me a bit. I need to come back to my sources. I already told you that um, this is a known thing by me that um, I am uh, barely, barely, barely able to prepare myself to speak words of Torah and Hashem is always but always um, bringing me to a certain edge before the class that I'll feel a great emptiness something that uh, like uh, as severe as that feeling before great and full of wisdom the class will be afterward so in the first times first in the like the hardest times before classes greatest classes came out to the world i am um, i want to ask um, hillary a couple of questions i'm sorry that i'm doing it live but um are we live on facebook as well things went up Yes. Good. So we just need to share on the WhatsApp groups um, as well. Okay. Um, and um, I wanted also to go live on TikTok, but I'm a uh, lack of preparation for that for tonight. So hopefully we're going to do it uh, next time. My... Uh, intention and my understanding of on how things supposed to be from my end and in the purpose of me teaching Torah is that it must spread in masses like to the greatest distance that we can that we're able if there's any way that will reach another one person so it's definitely the reason why we should all wait another minute, another even an hour. Once I, uh, I had a class in a certain uh, Orthodox city close to New York, and um, I was late in about only two and a half hours to that class. And the Jewish public in the United States, they're not so into that other people will be late for them and they're like um, kind of uh, strict about it they were not so um, happy with the fact that i was late two and a half hours is also a very nice uh, classic delay so when I came, I felt the energy and I also got the many phone calls before that uh, some of them I was able to answer to and some of them I was not. In the end of the day, I came and they were happy that I'll give the class and I did. 
probably not all of them were there, but then I gave a class that was all explaining one sentence that Rabbi Natan said that it was worthy for him to wait even 120 years of his lifetime to hear one word of truth. Because when a person is really desiring the truth, so he will appreciate the truth. For a penny, you will not wait even a second. For 10 cents, you might wait a second. For a dollar, you might wait a minute but maybe not more. For $100, you might wait an hour, you might wait a day, you might wait even a few days, depends on your situation, in your condition. For a suitcase with $1 million, you, you might even wait forever, right? Like people are gonna wait forever for that amount. So it's all about how you appreciate what you're waiting for, and that's how much you're gonna wait because you have a great interest in getting that thing. So if you came to a class and your intention of coming to that class was to hear the truth, each day they're supposed to be for you as new, means that the words of Torah that you hear should be for you as if you just now received them from Mount Sinai. As if now Moshe came down with the tablets from Mount Sinai and gave the Torah, and you have the merit to, to accept it with all the rest of Am Israel standing in that great position. That's the intention that our holy sages explained to us that that's supposed to be our approach when we are coming to learn Torah. So if you're not holding a certain teacher, a certain rabbi to be a vessel, a channel, that can channel such a great Torah, okay, I understand that you're not like so excited. So don't go. So don't watch that class if it's not in high level. So don't watch that class. What, why are you wasting your time? But if you decided already that you do, because you do believe in the power and in the energy and in the goodness and in the pure intention of that speaker, now for you, it's all about waiting forever until even one word will be heard because it might be the word that will change your life forever. You know what happened once, I'll tell you. The people of Israel, they assumed that Moshe Rabbeinu will talk to them. They were all waiting under Mount Sinai. And Hashem himself even told Moshe, take the tablets and go give them to the people of Israel. And Moshe was excited. Moshe thought that he is about to go and read the tablets, the Ten Commandments. But then, before Moshe arrived to his position, to the spot where he was talking to, um, I think that we have some guys here that are unmute, so there are going to be some background noises. So, before Moshe uh, arrived to his spot, to to the place where he was about to talk to, Hashem already opened his mouth and said, Anochi Adonai Elohecha, and said the first commandment, and then went to the next, Lo Alpanai, said the second commandment. Both first and second commandments were said by Hashem, even though the people of Israel were waiting to hear Moshe. And even though that Hashem himself told Moshe, go tell them, Hashem himself was not able to hold himself from talking to the people of Israel. He was so excited. He, like, he, finally, I have the opportunity. Hey, hey, I am Hashem, you're God. Don't replace me with no God beside me. Don't believe in no other God. Hashem had to talk, and he, he spoke those two things. So sometimes when you go, to hear Torah, you might even hear the voice of Hashem talking to you. You can never know. The people of Israel, they came to hear a class from Moshe, and they found themselves hearing the voice of Hashem from the cloud, from beyond the sky. The voice of Hashem was carving its way into their soul. So it's good to wait, and it's good to 
expect and to hope and to and to yearn by by the by that waiting in Hebrew we say hamtana by that hamtana that we are mamtinim that we are waiting we're getting matana hamtana matana waiting brings gifts matana is a gift by waiting you receive gifts there are great things in life that you can gain them only after a long time of preparation and waiting and building vessels of patience that was my introduction for today's class and now i'm ready after i brought myself to that spot now i think that i'll be able to talk but as I said before, I never prepare myself to the classes. Hilary, is there something important that you think we should discuss? Um, this was really- Now, now my engines are, are warm already. I can go to, to any direction. Um, I mean, I have a, a thought. Okay, yeah, yeah that's, that okay. exactly was the question. Um, I mean, related so much to, I think, the topic of your new book, and also the Parsha we were just in, about what it really means to, to go, leave what you know, to go to yourself, and to have the faith to the land that will be shown to me, but also to, yeah, this, any, anything around some of that. It's a, it's a wonderful topic, and um and, and it's very interesting, first of all, to look at those words, lech, lecha, two different words that are written exactly the same, lamed and then chaf sofit, lamed and then chaf sofit. And um, we can break down, first of all, just like some short and small amount of information about these letters. One of them is lamed. Lamed has a name, lamed. The name lamed, is a word. Lamed means lelamed. It's teaching. The letter lamed, the first letter of the word lech, and also the first letter of the word lecha, the numeral value of that letter is 30, and that lamed is teaching us. It has the essence, the power, the energy of teaching. And why the letter lamed has that power? because that letter Lamed is coming from the top. We are writing it like that. It's coming down from the sky. That's the way we learn from above. It's coming down to us. And then it covers the whole circle of the world. It's circling our life. That's Lamed. It's coming from above in a straight line. And then it's circling our life. It's closing, it's covering us. So that's the way of learning. We're receiving the wisdom from above. And then the letter Chaf is going to the opposite direction. It's taking everything that we have and just pulling it down to infinity, to Ensof. So Lamed is coming from infinity and Chaf is going down. It's an ending Chaf, it's an ending Chaf. It's Chaf Sofit, it's a Chaf that is finishing the word. It's not a regular half like that. It's a half sofit that is like that and goes just down to that direction, goes down to infinity. So two words with different meanings. One says go, and the other one is saying to yourself, and they're both teaching us different and similar thing. They're written in a similar way but they're being pronounced because of the vowels in a different way. One is being said, lech, go. And the second one is saying, lecha, to yourself, into yourself. So what is mutual about them? What is similar between them? When we are saying lech, you should go, and then we say to yourself, the similarity is in the intention. The intention of going is to find yourself. You're not running away from nothing. You're going into your inner search, even that for that purpose of learning, you need to go out from your 
comfort zone, from your home, from your the house of your father, the house of your mother, even though that you need to change, you need to go out of, of what you used to and, and where you are um, like stuck maybe even in, in many ways of your life and you have to uproot yourself for that purpose of learning. The purpose of learning is to have that inner observation, lecha, into yourself. You're going to find yourself. When I started my tshuva process, I was not at all under the impression that my, that my search will lead me to find God, to find Judaism, to keep Torah, to be religious, and even more so to be orthodox and uh, ultra-orthodox as I was for certain uh, 12 years of my life was free from that. Um, but the intention of my basic search was to find myself. It was to find the truth. In a certain time, certain moment of my life, I started to feel that some things are wrong in my life, that I'm not happy that I'm frustrated, that I'm going against myself, that I'm not satisfied for my own life, that I'm, that I'm pretending, that I'm making other people believe things that I'm not really, that I'm showing certain things, that I'm not honest, that I'm afraid, that I'm suffering. I started recognizing those feelings within me and with the pain of that understanding, of that revealing, I am... Um, I started to find power within me to go and find my true self. I started to realize that I have another voice and not only the voice of my fear, not only the voice of, of the terror that was surrounding me, also a voice of hope, also the voice of the goodwill that was hoping to recover, to be able to say the truth, that wanting not to be scared all the time and to run away from any confrontation um, inner confrontations or outside external confrontations, I started to find that inside of me there is a source of goodwill that I actually relate to it even more. So I started to learn and to develop tools of self-awareness to that voice and started to try to listen to it slowly, slowly. And that process of inner development of um, self-awareness that is going and rising and, and growing high um, brought me to that place that I realized that I'm also Jewish. And I started to ask and question, what does it mean that I'm Jewish? Because even though I was born in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, and lived in Eretz Israel all my life, um, I, I was not attached to my own Judaism. Like even though that I could be like uh, threatened or be killed for my Judaism, it was not a flag that I would uh, wave. It was not part of my idea. I, I couldn't care less, that's the truth. But Hashem woke me up to find answers about my true being that I have some uh, roots inside of it. And then I started to look and I, I found that my being is coming out of that tree, that that is actually my essence, that that is actually me. And then you need to go and start searching what Judaism is all about. I didn't know. If you would ask me, what's, the, what's Mishnah? What is Torah Shebaal Peh? What is Gemara? I didn't know. Like Mishnah, I remember that someone asked me, did you learn Mishnayot? <laughs> I didn't know what he's talking about. What's Mishnah? Today you can ask me Mishnayot. I have a lot of knowledge about Mishnayot Gemara. I have a lot of knowledge in Gemara in many books. Why? Because for years I was learning. I was dedicating my life into learning. For many, many years I was learning. Some days more than 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. I was sitting with books. I had more than one year, maybe two years, that I was learning from more than 40 books each day. I would not go to sleep before I would finish all the 40 books. I was learning in yeshiva and I would learn from something like 10, 12, 15 books each day in the yeshiva. And then in the house, I had a box full of books and I would just like reading from each of them every day. I would come home from work at 12, one at night, middle of the night, and I would 
staring at that pile that I haven't finished today. And I would sit until 3 or 4 a.m., dozing off, falling asleep and waking up again, washing my hands, coming back, sitting, washing my face, opening the next book, reading another line, another chapter, another portion, closing the book till 4 a.m. If I would wake up at 6, at 7 a.m. and I saw that like three, four, five books I didn't read, I would read them fast and I would complete that seder, that pile that I prepared for myself. And that mesirut nefesh, that great effort that I dedicated myself to limut Torah, I also dedicated myself to other things. Those efforts that I put into those directions opened, carved the ways for me that those lanes today are open. That even today, if I'm not learning as much as I was learning back then, I have tons of knowledge of Torah and I have an inner access to your question, Hilary, and inner access is being opened to you from within to find sources, to find treasures that are yours, that are your belongings, that are your treasures, that those are the real qualities of your soul. Because the Torah is written black letters on white page. And our stages explain to us that it's basically black fire that is written on white fire. And the black fire is the limited fire. And the white fire is endless fire with no end, eternal fire. And the reflection of those two kinds of fire can find themselves easily in the person's education. All the information that you learn and have been taught until today is still limited. Even if you learn from 3,000 books, even if you spend 24 hours each day for 120 years of your life, still there is a precise amount, limited amount of Torah that you learned. But on the Torah it's written that is, the Torah is wider than the sea. So if there is a certain amount of quantity of Torah that you learn, those hours, those books, those letters, and Hashem remembers them all precisely, and not more than that, and for sure not less, but there is an amount, seven billion letters, not more though. So how can it be wider than the sea? That's the white fire. That is the endless eternal fire that is the light of your soul. When you are digging a well in your backyard, you're digging one meter, one feet, two feet, three feet, you dig, you dig, you dig. In the end, you come to a spot where water from underground are rising. You're carving a path, a tunnel into your soul. And when you hit the last time with a hammer, suddenly, have you seen trolls? You seen the movie Trolls? Sparks are flying to your face. Boom! Everything is shining for you. Suddenly lights are fly, flying around you. You see all the colors of the true rainbow, of the true holy rainbow that the Creator set a covenant with the world that the light of the rainbow will shine to us to show us the compassion of Hashem that even though the people deserve horrific punishments and severe judgments and decrees, horrible decrees, the Creator is filling himself and surrounding and wrapping himself with patience, with love, with unconditional love, with remorse, with forgiveness with compassion, with patience, like we said. And he's healing the ones that are not deserved to be healed. And he's supporting the ones that are not supposed to be supported. And he's caring for those ones that ignored him and the Torah and the rules of the Torah for decades, for generations, maybe even for lifetimes. And every one of us must remember that. You need to work hard now because what did you prepare for your meals in Shabbat on Friday, you will eat on Shabbat because on Shabbat you cannot cook anymore. You cannot make anything anymore. It's resting time. It's time of enjoyment, of pleasure, of all 
the outcomes from your cookings on Friday, on Thursday, on Wednesday, on Tuesday, all the preparations. You must start from Sunday to prepare yourself for Shabbat. That's how we are preparing ourselves in this lifetime to life in the world to come. And there are aspects. Some of the reward will come really only after 120. Some of the rewards will not come even after 120. It will come only when Mashiach will reveal himself and the great complete redemption will take place. That will be the final redemption of our souls. But there are aspects of Shabbat, aspects of redemptions, even in our daily routine, that if you work hard, you can find inner sparks and beams of eternal light will shine from within you, from your own soul in the aspect of Shabbat, of time of rest, of godly wisdom that will fill you, that will heal you, that will build you through your own inner tools, counting on your intuition, counting on your senses, counting on your logic, counting on Hashem with great trust in Him that He will for sure lead you, counting on your prayers, believing in yourself, on your own self-esteem, building and stabilizing yourself as a truth seeker, you deserve that your prayers will be answered. So if you are waiting for things to happen, you need to know there are some preparations you need to take there are some steps you need to make but what are they you cannot i i will open the door now you cannot open the door you can only work to find the door you can only put the effort on carving that tunnel that we explained before you don't have the knowledge of when will be the last shovel when will be the last hammer hit that 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 that, that will bring out the water the pure water uh, from from the Mount of Hashem. You don't have that knowledge, but you do have the free will to keep on digging, to keep on shoveling, to keep on marching, to keep on working hard as much as you can. And with Hashem's compassion in the right time to the right person in the right place, Hashem will show His great light of unconditional love. Our effort supposed to be to do the maximum that we can my personal dedication to the Torah is one dedication that I had. I had also a great dedication to my family, to my wife, to our children. I put a lot of effort of being there all the time, as much as I can, in crazy hours, even though that I had crazy other obligations. And I was like, um, 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 how you call those ones? Like the clown that is jumping in the circus. The, 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 the ones that are like real special effects that are jumping and, and like I was flying in the air from one obligation to the next and I'm not, maybe I am unique in that, I don't know, but I'm not trying to say, hey, I'm unique in that. There are many, many people that are struggling and are putting a lot of effort to be there all the time for their loved ones, not claiming to be, Oh, so you know, I'm just saying I did. I did my thing in that area as well. I put my effort into Hidbodadut. For many, many years, I was doing much more than one hour Hidbodadut each day. I had long periods of time that each day I was praying more than six hours Hidbodadut. There was 120 days straight that in each of those days, I was doing six hours in Bodhidut. Each day, 120 days in a row. And every day, more than six hours. Six today, and tomorrow, six. And the next day, six. Like that, 120 days. It's crazy. And you know what I was praying for? For you guys, and not for myself. I was praying only for the world salvation, for the public of Israel's salvation. I was praying for the whole world, for Hashem's salvation, for 120 days straight, every day, six hours or more. I was praying for the complete redemption of the people of Israel. I was praying for the redemption of the world with great power. I was, I was, I was, for the rabbi that was my rabbi back then, I puked blood. One time there was a, 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 he was very, very ill, very, very sick, and everyone went to pray for him. And I went to a certain place and I did six hours at Bodedut for him. And in the end, we went to deep in a certain mikveh, a mikveh of Rav Kook in Tveria. And that mikveh is very special. And Rav Dov Kook, may Hashem length his days and life, he said that that 
mikve that uh, mikve of him that is called Be'er Miriam, the well of Miriam, is Be'er Miriam, is in the holiness and contains the water of Be'er Miriam. And there was a huge conversation before we entered into the water, if we should go or that maybe it's too holy that we should not go. There was a discussion, me for sure, I didn't, I wasn't part of the discussion, I was on my way in, but there were people that were talking, you should go, you shouldn't go, and on and on. While they're talking, I was already in, and I dipped and I dipped and I dipped many times for him, and in the, like, in almost, like, in the middle, I was dipping, and I was under the water, and I I am I'm not coming out of the water until I'm going to know that there's no decree anymore, that I'm canceling that decree. And I went down and I didn't came out. I, I'm not coming out. And it was over when I was younger. I was a professional swimmer. Today, I'm talking about myself. It's okay. I have the mic. <laughs> can you take the mic? Oh, okay. It's, um, the mic is here. What can you do? So I was a professional swimmer. So I had my skills of being underwater, but in that day I decided that I will go beyond my own powers, beyond my own ability, and I just stayed down. And I was refusing with myself to come out of the water until I will know that he will be okay. And I stayed down under the water and it was way longer, one minute, maybe even two minutes. I stayed and stayed and stayed and suddenly I felt you're not like what you're not coming out like you're staying like if if he's not being healed so you're staying and then I said to myself yes I'm staying and then I knew that he will be okay and I jumped out I felt it when I decided that yes if he's not going to be okay I'm not coming out I decided I'm staying I stayed and then I, I knew he will be okay and I went out and I started coughing and I started spitting blood. I started spitting blood out of the mikveh. Don't worry, the, you have those bars outside of the pool. Don't worry, nothing came into the water. Everything was clean. So the effort, the dedication, in the next day we heard amazing, amazing things. There was another thing about his healing. Um, today, by the way, I'm very upset about that guy that I was giving my life to him, but that's a story for another time, but uh, because he betrayed my trust in a horrible way. But I did my thing, and I'm happy for that. Baruch Hashem, I know that everything is written in the book of life, and Hashem knows the effort of the person. But that guy hurt my family badly and did very, very wrong things against my family, things that cannot be forgiven. But I did my thing and he did his thing and Hashem knows the truth and Hashem is the judge of earth and sky and heavens and the trial is not for us, only to Hashem. So in that uh, time there were other like evidence that I saw that Baruch Hashem, that um, the salvation came from my end and because of my effort and because of my uh, prayers and that uh, person uh, became better and, uh, and was healed. So the effort that the person is putting in his life, I can tell you another story. Um, one time I went um, in, in the Cholamoyed Sukkot, in the days of Sukkot, I went to pray on the grave um, of Rabbi Yudazev Lebovich, a righteous man that passed away, um, I think nine years ago or so. And I was praying, like I told you before, for the benefit of the people of Israel. And a um, few days later, I did a very long in Bodedut, and I was praying really, really hard. It was a period of time that there were missiles being shot um, on innocent civilians' houses in Israel uh, by the enemy. And I, um, and I was praying very, very strong for, for the salvation of the people of Israel. A few days later, um, I went to the Bial Rebbe of, uh, from Yerushalayim, from Givat Shaul um, in Yerushalayim, and he looked at me and he told me, do you know that you saved thousands of lives of people of Israel? You saved thousands of people's lives? So I told him, 
what how do why, why are you saying that so he said in your prayers that you prayed and he started mentioning things that i said to hashem in wait but it is only you and hashem and he knew with his divine spirit things that i said to hashem and he mentioned them to me i was shocked i looked at him as if like where were you where was the mic where were the 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 the, the devices I didn't know where he got that from, but it was an inner voice that he heard, a divine spirit that was talking to him from within, and he mentioned my prayers, and he told me, you saved lives of thousands of people. Another situation like that happened to me once, by the way, that I did another long hit bodedut, but in the end of that hit bodedut, I met a certain rabbi, his name is Rabbi Aaron, um, Stern, that he is a son and was the helper of Rabbi Yudazev Levovich, and he is the son of Alter David Chaim Stern, that was a student of the Chazon Ish, and he still lives, may he live long life in Bnei Brak. And after the, the Hitbodedud that I had, Rav Aaron, the helper, asked me a question. He was there with me and he asked me a question. He asked me, do you want Mashiach to come? And I felt like that question was very, very powerful, very, very strong. I didn't know why and what was going on, but I told him, only if all of Am Israel will do tshuva first. So he was like in shock for my answer. He didn't know what to do with my answer. And he said, like, you're sure? And someone else was there and he asked him, do you say that Mashiach should come? He said, yes, Mashiach should come. Everyone would say, yes, Mashiach should come. Only crazy me said, only if all Am Israel will do tshuva first. So. And then like, it, I felt like there was a courthouse over there. I felt like something was very like weird. And one day later he called me and he told me you should know that you saved thousands of lives of people of Israel. And it, again, it's a different story. And I told him why, what, 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 do, you, what do you see? What, what do you, why do you say that? So he said, there was a horrible decree that was about to come. And it was because that from heaven, they wanted to bring Mashiach already, but the vessels were not built. So there was no merit for the people of Israel to receive Mashiach yet. So there was about to happen, God forbid, a horrible bloodshed that will give the merit because sometimes instead of money, instead of good deeds, you can redeem yourself with blood, God forbid sorrow and pain are also carving the way um, to greatness. So there was a great decree that Mashiach was supposed to come and it would bring a horrible bloodshed. And then because of that, ask, that question that he asked me, that's what he said, that was his explanation. Um, the decree was canceled and that gigantic redemption that was supposed to come after the bloodshed was also canceled because I said to Mashiach not to come yet unless all the people of Israel are doing Chuvayat. And it was not something that could have happened in the same time. So all that process was postponed. And three or four days later, later they found the, all those tunnels that were prepared to be opened on Rosh Hashanah. It was like a few days later that, were, that they were found by the army and like a huge um, um, operation of many tunnels that there was a great terror attack planned for the day of Rosh Hashanah that was supposed to take place. So he put that blame on me. I didn't know anything. I didn't hear no divine spirit. I am not confirming that that's what happened in heaven. I don't know. That is Aaron Stern's fault. He said those things to me. So I am not the testament on that. I'm just telling you what happened to me because of my effort on praying like I should, on expressing my soul with all my, all I might, with all my power, with all my energy. So you dedicate your life to good things, you do good things, you're gonna be rewarded. Great things will take place by you. And it's not because I'm great, it's because my effort were great, were big, were large, 
So you can put large efforts in your life as well. And you need to be balanced to check yourself. What are the right efforts? What are the right directions? You cannot neglect one thing and to invest all your power in another thing. You should try to see what is the right direction, what Hashem wants from you. King David, that he was a genius, as we spoke before about the halachot. So in the time of King David, there was a, an evil person um, that was a great known rabbi in King David's generation. His name was Achitophel. And Achitophel was wicked. He was a villain, but he was a rabbi. He was a known and famous chief rabbi. And he was a posek halacha. And he knew 300 halachot, 300 rules on how to write the migdal poreach ba'avir, the tower that is on the top of the letter lamed. We said before that when you write the letter Lamed, you write it from the top down. And I said, you write it from the top down. It sounds like, okay, that's the halacha, right? Yeah, that's how you write it. Yeah. He knew 300 different halachot on how you should write the letter Lamed. I'm talking about the upper part, the top part of the Lamed. How to write that line from the top to the roof of the letter Lamed, the upper part. On that, he knew 300 halachot. King David was definitely, definitely greater than him in wisdom. It's written on King David that King David was not sleeping more than the time that it takes to a horse to breathe 60 breaths, that he takes a time. It takes time, few minutes. King David never slept in his lifetime longer than the time that it takes to a horse to, to, to breathe 60 times, 60 circles of breathing. He was not sleeping over that time of 60 circles of breath of a horse in his life. And he would wake up every midnight and he was making tikkun chatzot, he was singing to Hashem, he was learning Torah, and then he would pray shacharit. He would spend his nights from chatzot to the morning after barely sleeping earlier, like we explained, in learning Torah. And in that time that he was learning from midnight till dawn that he would go to pray shacharit, he would learn an amount that was equal to 100 years of learning of the wisest, holiest sages in the generation of the Mishnah, like Rabbi Akiva, like Rabbi Meir Baalanes, like all the Tanaim that were learning, like Rabban Gamliel, like, like all those giants of the pillars of earth that established the Torah and passed it on to us, and it's still sh shining until today, what that they were learning in 100 years, King David was learning from midnight till dawn. So King David, that gigantic genius that gained the eternal, endless kingship close to the king of the world, to the king of the universe, to the maker of the world that chose him to be the eternal Messiah, the eternal king of the people of Israel and the whole world, that one is begging to Hashem Barach in the book of Tehillim, guide me in your path of truth, teach me the truth, open my eyes to see the truth, he is the genius of all geniuses. He's the wisest. He is the, the most blessed one with the purest and clearest divine spirit. He knows everything about everything. And he is never counting on his own assumptions. And he knows that he's in the hands of Hashem and begging for Hashem to guide him in the path of truth. In that humble approach, we should run our lives. We know we do have qualities, we do have powers, we do have amazing things treasured within us, but it's only the mercy of Hashem and kindness of Hashem to open those tools for us to be used properly and in the right way and for the will of Hashem. Thank you very much. And now you should feel bad with yourselves that I didn't post this video live on English TikTok as well and our English channel in TikTok as well because for sure we would have nice music.
because for sure we would have more viewers that would hear this wonderful class. Okay, now I'm ready for your questions. Okay, thank you so much, beautiful. Okay, so anybody, yeah, like we've done in the past, please raise your hand, it's the best way to be called on um, or send me a message if you're not sure exactly how. Okay, so we'll start, David, do you have a, a question we can start with? Shalom, David, good evening. Shalom, shalom. Good to see you. Thank you for sharing these wonderful words of Torah of yours. I was very happy to see the video. Baruch Hashem, I appreciate the... Uh, inspiring, Achie, inspiring, inspiring. the words. Inspiring, Achie. Keep up. Hey, God. If it's, I don't know if it's your service or my service, but things keep breaking off. I, I'd rather to blame you. Let's put the blame on you. Okay, I'll take it. Um, Rav, thank you for this incredible class. We are so lucky to be your students. You are a, like these prayers and these efforts that you put in, who knows how they're impacting the details of our lives um, in ways that we might not even know. It's really incredible. So, Thank you, Achie. We can never know, we can never imagine, we can never know how gigantic and huge is, um, is our reward, like how great is our success. We can really never, never know. You can pray on one thing and not to feel not being answered. You can never know what happened with your prayer. And it's written that there is no prayer that is going up and coming back empty-handed. So let's say you said, please, Hashem, I want a million dollars, and you didn't get them yet. But someone else just did. And you don't know. And you are the savior of that person's life. You don't know. It might oh, be that you got Canadians, uh, but whatever. It's still a lot of money. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's honestly very inspiring also. Because if we really want to be givers and we really want the best for the world, we should be happy if we pray for ourselves and somebody else gets that same blessing you know that's, that's amazing to be happy in the success of our friend is one of the terms to receive the torah if a person is not happy with the success of others he cannot gain the torah fully there's no way that he will understand the real intention of the torah in a complete way no way in the world I have a quick question. Please. You mentioned in, while you were speaking about uh, the efforts that you put in, you mentioned uh, somebody that you had a challenging situation with, um, one of your rabbis or one of your rabbis, um, who I think, uh, forgive me if I'm misquoting you, but you said he did things to you and your family that cannot be forgiven, right? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not able to forgive. I like, I did not forgive. Understood. Is there, are there, so Rabbi Nachman speaks about, uh, what I've read is that he speaks about um, that we should always forgive, like no matter what. Like, even, like I had a situation personally. He I also I said you. that we need to, he also said that we need not ever to see a bad eyesight that we should never talk lashonara, that we should do it bodedut, and he wished that we were gonna do it bodedut 24 hours. Like, there are many things that the Torah is saying. Like, you don't need to go to Rabbi Nachman of Weslev. The Torah is saying that divrei Torah lo yamushu mipicha vehagita bo yomam valayla. You need to learn Torah 24 hours a day. So how can like, are are you able to keep that thing? No. So does it mean that you are violating that thing? The Torah cannot be commanding you something that you cannot keep. It must be that you're missing something to think that you're not keeping, that you're not able to keep the Torah. Because it's a cruel thing to guide you and to command you to do something that you're unable to do, right? It's the cruelest thing in the world to tell your child to achieve something that he cannot gain. He can never achieve it. It's, it's cruelty. 
So there cannot be a way that I must forgive on something that my wife cannot forgive, on something that hurt our lives in such a severe way that we, until today, are not recovering from it and still suffering that pain, even though that we worked on ourselves, even though that we understand the, the interest of forgiving, even though, like many, many things, you have certain things, like the blood of the prophet that was stabbed and killed in the temple of Hashem, and his blood was still boiling even after he died. His blood was boiling. Like what? You want to say that he did not forgive? His blood was not forgiving. The souls that were his blood were not forgiving. If children were supposed to come out from him and he was stabbed and killed in the temple, those children that were supposed to be born in Yerushalayim in those holy days and never came out to the world, like that Hashem said to Cain, the voice of the blood of your brother are calling me from the ground. Like half of the world was supposed to come out from Abel, from Hevel, and, and they never did. And, and they're screaming. Can someone shush them? Can someone tell them, hey guys, be quiet. You need to, for what do you mean we need to forgive? I remember myself once driving, riding, like driving, riding, driving the, on, on the bus from Uman, Ukraine, to the airport in Kiev, to, back to Eretz Israel from visiting the grave of Rabbi Nachman of Breslev. And on the way, I saw bikers competition, extreme competition, jumping up and down on, on, on the side. You know, there was a great fence and like people were there with their bikes, with their Jeeps and driving and jumping. And I started to cry. You know why I cried? I said to myself, even if those poor Jews that were killed and, and massacred in the forests of Ukraine, even if they would not keep the religion and they would be secular, wouldn't, be, wouldn't that be so great if one of them today could ride that bike and enjoy that extreme competition and maybe he would won the first prize? Just being secular, just being happy, just riding his bike, jumping up and down, don't you think that it's a great opportunity that a person should have that if someone is taking it from him, so that person should pay for that greatly? So if their ancestors, their grandparents been killed and they could not deliver their kids to the world and their kids were not able to bring the grandchildren to the world for them to lose their religion and to ride bikes all day long, that blood is still screaming, and that's why I was crying. You have certain things that when they're happening to the person, God forbid, it's not in his power to forgive. A woman that his kid was taken away from her, a person that his home was taken away from him and from his family, a person that was lied and cheated and, and, and severely... Um, uh, um, betrayed by someone that all his trust was on him and all his confidence was on him and 12 years of his life and his family life was dedicating for the glory and success of that person and that person with a sharp hit of a sword took your head and the family's heads off like without looking back for a second without expressing any regret for a horrible act and just like demolishing a family's life, this is an act that I am not able to forgive for. And I'm like not even uh, planning to work on that. I'm like, I, I want what that belongs to me back. Like I want Hashem to bring justice. I'm claiming my, my life back. I'm claiming the time. I'm claiming the effort. I'm claiming the blood. I'm claiming the sweat, I'm claiming the property, I'm claiming the money, I'm claiming it all. And Hashem will make trial, Hashem will judge. I'm not afraid of true judgment. I want true judgment. I want true trial. That's it. I hear you. I hear you. Can, I share, can I share a personal, quick personal story? No. Very quick. That's for very another, quick. very quick, yes. 
Okay, so I told I told you about the situation before. I had a situation of somebody that I went to high school with. It was me and a group of five other people that I went to high school with them. And one yeah. of them got very anti-Semitic, et cetera. He hacked into multiple accounts of mine. He erased my company's account. He hacked into I just my sister's want to, account. I'm just telling, do you know that this is going live on Facebook and then YouTube and the Muna chat and Muna website and on like you are being recorded now yeah you can continue okay so um i just want you to know i roared i roared to heaven for over a year every single day he put it, almost every single day he put it, i roared to heaven because i could not forgive him i couldn't forget i could i could not find it in my heart to forgive this man um, and I tried and I searched and I see, saw what could I possibly have done to this man? Yeah. And, and it, it was bugging me because I, what I learned was that you have to forgive no matter what. There um, are but, two, but one second, there one second, one second. One second, I'm sorry. Uh, so you said very short. So I really believe you next time I won't. Now he's gone. Oh man, I didn't do that. No one shut him off. No one did anything. <laughs> no one definitely not. Yeah. No, we didn't no. do anything. It's only Hashem. It's the hand of Hashem. There are two gates that were never locked. One is the gate of joy and happiness, Sha'are Simcha, who are never locked. If you're happy and you pray while you're happy, your prayers are always being answered. And also gates of tears. Also when you cry and you're sad and you're crying to Hashem and you're begging for, 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 for your salvation, those gates are never blocked, never sealed. So from that you learn that there is not only one way that you need to go. Also the opposite way is the right way. You just need to find what is the honest way for you. If I will try to think on things that are troubling me, I'm going to be a liar. And Hashem is saying, I don't want you to respect me with your lips while your heart is far away from me. So we cannot lie to Hashem and say, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for the pain that I feel. That's a lie. You can say, please, Hashem, teach me the benefit of my pain. And if I'll get such a high level understanding of the goodness that is treasured in the pain, I'll be able to thank you. And then I'm going to say thank you out of joy. But when I'm hurt to say thank you for the pain, I never saw an honest person that is able to do that. King David was crying. He's not only thanking, by the way. Someone else has questions because we don't have much more time. So it was pleasure seeing you and your lovely faces. Oh, David, you came back. Welcome. I don't know what happened. I guess it was from I heaven. I know what happened. You tried, but Hashem didn't let you. Maybe he needed me to say a quick prayer, after, be right in between this and that. That's so true. I just want to say I heard one line after all these prayers that Rabbi Nachman wrote. Um, and he said that he, it was very simple. He said, it could be that what this person did to you is an atonement for something that you did in a past life. And I went straight to the field and I spoke to Hashem and, and I had to dig down deep and in my heart, I forgive him and I forgave him. And I'm telling you, it freed my soul. It freed me. I'm really happy for you. And now I know exactly why Hashem cut your conversation earlier. And I'm just trying to understand why I brought you back online. But I will think about it further in the future. Yeah. It's good to see you smiling. And I'm happy that you had your good news. And I'm happy for you to be able to forgive. And may Hashem help all the hearts of all the people in the world to be happy and healthy and stable and strong and wise and to know what really Hashem wants from them and Bezat Hashem to open our eyes to understand the truth 
and to go with it forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Love you, Rav. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Rob. Okay. See you. Bye, everybody. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you, everybody, so much. Okay, so we will be having class tomorrow night again. Um, feel free, email me anything that comes up. Otherwise, we look forward to seeing you next Sunday, if not before. Okay, Shavuotov. Thank you. Shavuotov. Bye. Bye. Bye.